This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. Welcome back, everybody. This is Encounter with God here on Faith FM. As we get into our Bible study for the day, Mon has a... No, actually, can I do a clue for the quiz, Mon? One that's no. more obscure? I want to give an obscure one. No. you got to give giving easy ones. You can do a clue when we run out, and we're going to run out. Like, We've done that so one. We've done that one. Oh, no, no. no. We've one. got two more clues, and this one's, this one's pretty obscure. I right. said this. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. That is obscure. That is obscure. You will have to know. Yes, that is obscure. You can do the next kind of obscure. You can give a clue next because the next clue is really, really easy. So you can start giving obscure clues next. Do you know what what a goad is? Yeah, I do actually. Oh, you do? Yeah. Have you ever used one? No. Have you? Yeah. Of course you have. Many times. I have used a goad. I've never called it a goad. Maybe we should we should we should bring that word back. A dare. It's a, it's an old English word. I think we should bring it back into uh, modern usage, um, and 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 have a goad. <laughs> have a go with a goad. Yeah, have a goad. <laughs> I'd like to. Um, I wish I still have a goad. I could use it. I think on okay. regular occasions, maybe even here in the office. It could it could be useful for me getting my own way on occasion. <laughs> I think it'll also be useful for getting you fired. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, anyway. Okay, so we need to go our Bible study for the day. We have an interesting Bible study because our Bible study actually kind of relates to our first two clues to our quiz. So our first clue was about Isaiah chapter 7. No, it wasn't. Yes it, was, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Of course, it was. Yeah. And our second clue was about Isaiah chapter. Was it fifty eight, fifty nine, fifty three, fifty three? Yeah. Okay. So and then our, our third one was about Hebrews three. Yeah. Forget yeah. Hebrews. <laughs> our Bible study today is about Isaiah. We're going to look in the first seven chapters and the last ten chapters of the book of Isaiah. Okay. Which pretty much includes uh, the passages that we were referring to in our quiz. So there's kind of a connection here. We're going to accidentally give this away. No. Maybe you shouldn't have said that there's a connection. You should just let people figure it out. Well, nobody's called through yet, so, you know, I'm just helping them out. Anyway, let's go to Isaiah chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 15. Please, Mon. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter, chapter 1, 1 and verse... And verse you know, 15. Isaiah chapter 1, there's a, there's, a, there's a bunch of good passages here. Let's actually start a little bit earlier than that. Let's go to... Uh, let me see here... Let's start in verse 5 and 6. So Isaiah chapter 1 and starting in verses 5 and 6. Yeah. Why do you continue to invite punishment? Must you rebel forever? Your head is injured and your heart is sick. You have battered from head to foot, covered with bruises, welts and infected wounds, without any soothing ointments or bandages. Okay, so here we have quite a word picture that Isaiah is building, wouldn't you think? Yeah, very much so. When you when you when you look at that word picture in your mind, that the head is sick, the heart is uh, is you know, there's full of heart disease, and then they've just been battered and bruised and smashed and beaten up uh, from the top of the head. The Bible says to the bottom of the 
feet. Mine uses my translation uses very very graphic language here. It says there is no soundness, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been clothed, neither bound up or mollified with ointment. Dude, I'm sitting here eating breakfast. <laughs> well, you know your your um, watermelon over there. You know it does kind of. Um, no, 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 stop that, stop, I know exactly where you stop that, stop using the word putrefying too, please. I will mute you again, Lyle Southwell. <laughs> Watermelon is my all-time favourite food, I will not have you sully Really? All-time. All-time. All-time favourite food. Even though it looks like, you know, I'm going to start reading Isaiah chapter 1 verse 15, even if Lyle doesn't want me to. Is that where we were going next? Uh, how did you guess? Um, okay, but it does give a, uh, what, what we are receiving here is a word picture of the condition and what it is is the spiritual condition of God's people. It's a great mm. illustration of sin yeah, and the way that sin works. Often we like to think of sin as just being one little thing. And so if we've got one little uh, thing somewhere in our body, we've got you know one, one small uh, issue that needs to be sorted out. It's like, yeah, I'm going to kind of ignore that. And so often we do. Put it on the back burner. Put it on the back burner, ignore it, hope it goes away, it'll sort itself out, don't worry about it, um, all of that kind of thing. But sin is not like that. Sin is like a cancer, and you might find it in one little spot. When you investigate, you're going to find your body riddled with it, and it's just everywhere. Um, and so that's a, it's a, sin is, is a very serious thing. We need to think about sin more seriously than we think about cancer. And here Isaiah is talking about the sin of God's people. He's a very young man at this time. His ministry has just started. Um, he is like, what, five verses in? And this is where he heads. Sin, sin is like a weed. Like You can't just ignore it because if you ignore it, it goes wild. Yeah. Like while it's on that back burner, it's turning into a monster. And it's the kind of weed that's a little bit like it doubles itself every day. Yeah, exactly. And so if you think about... Um, let me give you the example of a dam. I think a dam works as a good example because sometimes you'll see a dam and it'll get covered with you know those 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 weeds that sit on the surface and they're just they're ugly and horrid. Yeah, yeah. And you think about one of those, and you think about one that doubles itself every day. So you have you know you, you go to your dam, you find one of them. It is ten millimeters by ten millimeters floating in a corner of the dam. Are you going to freak out? No. No, why no. would you freak out? Just clean it out tomorrow. Why yeah. do today? What can be done tomorrow, right? Yeah. Okay. Damn it. Come back the next day, it's 20 millimetres by 20 millimetres. Is it, is it an issue? Still no. It's like, no, it's not an issue. Come back the next day, it's 40 millimetres by 40 millimetres. They're not very big, is it? It's like it's only gone, you know, to this size. It's just like, it's nothing. You've got a whole acre of water mm. in this dam. Um, and, uh, and it grows and grows and grows and it multiplies <laughs> like that. And this is the way that sin works. And so we don't care about it because it's like a small, it's insignificant. It's not, you know, I can, I can get rid of this at my leisure. It's, it's, it's not a hard thing to uh, take care of and get rid of. And so, yeah, when I get a chance, I'll get around to it and I'll clean this off the top of my dam and it will be all gone and problem solved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets to the point where uh, half the dam is covered. Yeah. Can you still cover it? Can you still clean it up? Of course no. you can. Well, yeah, you can still clean it up because with a lot of machinery and help. yeah, yeah, but it's going to take a little bit longer. Yeah. but it's only half the dam, right? Mm, yeah, it's only half. You st- you'd be having some s- bad side effects by now, I think, if half yet. Yeah, but yeah. it's only half. Yeah, there's there's lots of water there. Mm-hmm. There's lots of places where you know your cattle and your sheep can get access to that water. 
Um, and so why, why panic about it today? You know, you, 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 your livestock is not going to die of thirst today. There's, 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 you know, an acre of dam, and there's still half an acre that has nothing on it. That's plenty of room for the um, for the animals to come and drink. And how much is it covered by tomorrow? The whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah. And that's the way that sin works. Mm-hmm. And we see sin growing in our lives, and we do not know how close we come to the point where we commit the unpardonable sin. And we could be on the very very edge of committing the unpardonable sin. We could be one day away from committing the unpardonable sin and we actually have no idea that we are about to step across that line. Uh, so this is, this is, this is really uh, a very, very serious um, issue that we're dealing with right here. And that's the way that sin works and that's how disease works. Uh, you know, the, the disease of sin works in a person's life and it just invades the entire body. We do not want to end up like the person who is described here in verse 5 and 6. Let's go on to verse 15 to 23, please, Mon. When you lift your hand, <coughs> sorry, when you lift your hands in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen, for your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of orphans. Fight for the rights of widows. Come now, let us settle this, says the Lord. Though your skins are skins, sorry, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. If only you will obey me, you will have plenty to eat. But if you turn away and refuse to listen, you will be devoured by the sword of your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken. Okay, so we have a situation here where, um, you know, very, very clearly these people are in a lot of trouble. They are far, far from God. What we need to find out is if you are that far from God, how are you going to get back to God? You know, it almost appears like here that God's just not going to listen to your prayers. We need to find out whether that is true or not after this. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so give us verse 15 again then, please, Mon. When you lift your hands in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen. For your blood, sorry, for your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. Okay, so we've often say that God always hears your prayers. Mm. And he always answers your prayers. Yes, no, or wait. Um, that God will never turn a deaf ear to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, we often say that salvation is always available. But is that actually true? I mean, it doesn't sound like it here. doesn't sound like it here, does no. it? And it's one of those things that I think that Christians often just, you know, they, they love to spout on about uh, that's not actually true. The Bible says that there are times when God won't hear our prayers. There are times... Uh, when salvation is not available, and you can't come to God whenever you want. You can only come to God while He is calling. Yeah. And He won't be calling forever. Mm-hmm. Not because He cuts Himself off from you, but because you cut yourself off from Him. I think that's the important part to remember. And that's the problem here, is these people are generations into apostasy. They are generations into cutting themselves off from God. And God recognizes this, and so he's coming through with some rather strong languages, language here, and he's saying, look, you, you guys are, um, y- you do not realize your peril. 
you've already reached the point where I won't hear. Okay, so why does why does why is God saying that He will not hear their prayers in this scenario? And if He will not hear their prayers, at what time will God not hear our prayers? I mean, it sounds like they're sinning heavily, and it almost sounds like they're, they're fake calling to God. Like okay, their so hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. But they're raising those same hands to God. Yeah, and it sounds like they're making a show of prayer, and what they're but like the blood on their hands really shows them up for what they're actually who they actually are. So there are two different messages that are going out here. There is the message that is on the outside. There is the message on the inside. And of course, you know, from a physical perspective, yes, we can wash blood off of our hands, but God can still see it. Mm. It's a little bit like you see these crime shows and they walk in with that blue light and suddenly they can see blood everywhere. Oh, I just think it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Is that like a real thing? <laughs> yes, my friend has one. I refuse really? to own. I actually bought it for her for Christmas because she loves that, you know, being paranoid. Um, but yeah, I bought her a little travel one and when she goes to hotel rooms, she like flashes it over and then, yeah. I, I has she ever found a hotel room that does uh, not have body fluids no in such it? thing no such thing <laughs> <laughs> how would you sleep in a bed after yeah. you flashed a blue light over Look, it and you know I, what's in that bed I, I didn't buy one for myself because I knew I would just go overboard with paranoia but I did I do own like a a, a very thin sleeping bag that I just take with me everywhere so I just yeah, combat yeah. them yeah. that's, that's yeah. a that's, very wise that's the answer <laughs> like a, it's like a sleeping bag sheet but yeah it's very real yeah. And it absolutely shows, like, it's amazing how you can step into uh, an expensive, beautiful-looking hotel room and everything looks like it's, you know, it's perfectly cleaned. Um, so you can smell the bleach in the air. Everything's in place. All the corners are sharp. Everything's, you know, lovely. And then you s- switch off the light and you turn on the, the little blue light wand. Uh-huh. And suddenly there's blood everywhere, blood on hands, so to speak, just like it says here in the Bible. And there's just stains and uh, on the walls, <laughs> on the floors. All of our listeners yeah. are never going to sleep in a hotel ever again. They're going to be crawling between those sheets and going, Eeeh. Just buy your own sheets. Buy, buy a little silk sleep bag. That's all, you, that's all you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I lived in an abandoned apple pickers up for five years, so I think I can pretty much handle anything that a hotel is going to throw at me. For the I most part. I, there are some times when I do draw the line. Look, your own mess is fine, but everyone else sleeping on the people's mess. <laughs> <is fine. laughs> no. But yeah, but it is, it is actually a really great illustration to how we see ourselves and how we see each other and then the reality of what God can see. Sure. Yeah. 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 And God has a blue light. Mm-hmm. He sees everything. And so, you know, how do you think God feels when these people talk about how much they follow God, how much they love God, they're always praying to God, and yet he uh, switches his blue light on and these people are oppressing the poor, they are oppressing, you know, downtrodden, vulnerable members of our society. Um, they are involved in, you know, supporting human trafficking or whatever else it might be. That must make God feel just absolutely terrible and i think that you know this is something that uh, as christians we need to stop and think about because a lot of us are probably guilty of it absolutely you know you think about okay so think about it from this perspective for just one moment the pornography industry Mm -hmm. pornography industry is massive um it is heavily used here in australia australia per capita is one of the highest consumers of pornography and, of course, that extends to Christian people pretty much just as much as anybody else. Uh, the statistics are really quite 
you know, astounding when you look at them in relationship to this. And by supporting pornography, by looking at pornography online, what are you, what you are supporting is the enslavement of the people who are participating in that industry. Either which way, whether it's the people who are who are making the pornography or the people who are watching the pornography, it's enslaving to both. That's right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, it enslaves you. But I'm talking about as a consumer, mm. you are contributing to the enslavement of the people who are the actors on the screen in front of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because there are very few people, if any, that would do this if they had other options. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, there might be some that get into it for a bit of a thrill for a short space of time, but that is as far as it goes. You know, the thrill uh, very quickly vanishes, and people's lives are just being destroyed for our pleasure. And so, this is something we need to, you know, we read this verse like here, and it's like, yeah, we don't involve ourselves in any of this. Yes, you do. And every single person who involves themselves in something like this has blood on their hands when they pray to God. And we have to ask ourselves the question, are we cutting ourselves off from God so that he will not hear our prayers? Um, it, you know, we, we, need to, um, we need to ask ourselves that question and we need to answer that question. Now, of course, there is a prayer that God will hear and that is the prayer of repentance. Okay. And that, if we are in this situation, that is the prayer that really comes through in the end of this passage down here in verse 18. Can we read first verse 18 again? Come now, let us settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. Okay, so you've got these people standing on the street corners and in the temple and raising their hands to God and saying all of these long, eloquent prayers and talking about, you know, and praying for this and praying for that and praying for the other, and God's not listening. Mm. He says straight out, I am not hearing your prayers because you have blood on your hands, blood of oppression. You are involved in oppressing vulnerable members of our society. Uh, but he does come to them with a solution. He's like, yes, there is one prayer that I will that definitely, definitely hear and definitely listen. And that is if you come and ask for forgiveness. And he says, look, I want to take that blood. He says, you can't wash it off. Because as soon as I switch the blue light on, I can see it. Yeah. But can God wash it off? He can, yes. Is it possible for God to forget? No. Ah, it is actually. Is it? It is. It works like this because the Bible says that God will forget our sins. Now, when God does something, does God do it thoroughly? Mm-hmm. When God speaks something into existence, does it exist? Mm-hmm. And if God then does the opposite and speaks something into non-existence, does it not exist? Mm-hmm. So there will come a time when God will speak all of our sins, all of the record of our sins, into non-existence. And the Bible says that he will remember our sins no more. And if God can't remember our sins anymore, that means that God has chosen to forget them, and he actually has the power to do that. You are sitting here I thinking to yourself you, that, you, that, that Lyle is here <laughs> presenting heresy. You need me to back this up from the Bible, don't you? Well, I, I think the verse more means that he'll never think about them again. I don't think it's possible to forget anything. Just like you know, where, you know the whole forgive and forget thing, you can't actually force yourself to forget anything but you can uh, you know focus on not thinking about it. you don't have to dwell on it 
This is true, but you and I are not God. That's true. But I think if God wanted to remember them, he could remember them. As well. And how can you remember something if he's purposely forgotten it? <laughs> I think it's, but I do think it's a silly thing to stop and argue about because we only have like 20 seconds left and it's not really a huge issue, is it? No, it's not a huge issue. I think we all get the point that God wants to bury our sins in the bottom Either of the Either which way, it's a good ending. That never, that's right. If, if, he, if he forgets them back. or he never thinks about them again, the, 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 what it means for us is the same. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, this is the Ball Brothers with uh, Let Your Light Shine. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM. It's the joy of Jesus 
That was the Ball Brothers with Let Your Light Shine. You listen to Faith FM. We're going to have another clue for our The moment has come, Lyle. Oh, okay. Do your little thing. Uh, this person has a brother named Mahershal Al Hashbaz. That's what you've been wanting to do this whole time? Uh huh. It's the longest name in the Bible. Who am I? I have a brother. This person is related to Mahershal Al Hashbaz, and this person could be referred to as a brother of Mahershal Al Hashbaz. Give us a call if you know the answer. 1 800 Faith FM, 1 800 324 843, or you can text 04910 yeah. 664669. <laughs> it's like super, super exp- obscure. I'll be I will explain it once uh, somebody gets the answer. And, and if they don't get the answer, I'm going to explain why I say this. Um, I have a uh, specific reason for. Uh, mentioning that but it does relate to the passage in uh, Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 that talks about who this person is and if you want to know why I said that then just keep reading all the way through chapter 7 and chapter 8 you will have uh, a more complete answer whole of chapter 7 whole of chapter 8 really you need to you know Isaiah uh, to understand the relationship that is going on here all right, so what have we got? Where are we up to? We were talking about uh, Isaiah, and I was, yeah, I went and found that verse, um, the verse I was referring to that we decided that we weren't going to debate over. Oh, yeah. It's in mm-hmm. Hebrews ten seventeen. Their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. That's all it says. Um, anyway, we decided not to debate over it, so uh, that's fine, because I don't know, you know, I know that if God does something, it happens. And God can do whatever God wants. So God, can God forget? Yes, God, can God forget? Can God remember? Can God remember something that he chose to forget? Well, you have backed me into a corner. Uh, I know. <laughs> That's why I'm not going to bother arguing with you. <laughs> All right, let's go to chapter three. And, and, and I think the, the important thing here is that our sins are gone, done away with, wiped out, finished over, and never to be seen again. Okay, chapter three. Verse 13 to 15. My pages are stuck together. Oh, here we go. Verses 15 to 17. 13 to 15. Oh, 13 15. Man, I'm all the page. The Lord takes his place in court and presents his case against his people. The Lord comes forward to pronounce judgment on the elders and rulers of his people. You have ruined Israel, my vineyard. Your houses are filled with things stolen from the poor. How dare you crush my people, grinding the faces of the poor into dust, demands the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies. Okay, so once again, Isaiah, he, he really is the master of word pictures, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very poetic books that he writes. And what is the word picture that he's building here? One of the, uh, a court, court case. It's a court case. And yeah. in this court case, who is presiding? Sounds like the Lord. And if you were walking into that courtroom, how would it make you feel? Yeah, you wouldn't want to be on the other end of that. <laughs> yeah. You'd feel a bit intimidated, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think this is really what God is trying to point out here, is that I am sovereign ruler of the universe, and I am a God of justice, and I know exactly what is in your home. I have seen what is sitting on your shelf, and I know where you got it from. Yeah. So often we have all kinds of things in our homes that we like to think of as, well, God doesn't know that's there. You know, it. Uh, all of my church friends don't know it's there. So uh, then clearly um, we feel secure that like maybe somehow God doesn't know it there, it's there either. But you know what? It doesn't really matter that our church fam- family and church community members, whatever, don't know that it's there. The fact is 
God knows everything that is in our home. He knows everything that is our life. He knows everything that it is that is in our mind, and he knows what it is that we participate in, and how it is that we oppress the poor. Mm. It's something we need to do some heart searching on because we live in one of the wealthiest, if not the wealthiest, country on earth. Uh, simply by living in Australia, it places you in the top one percent of the population of the world as far as wealth goes, and we are incredibly privileged at this time. Uh, to be able to, you know, to, to live where we live. We, we found out about that when we went to Ethiopia last year and we oh, went to Kenya absolutely. and so forth. And, you know, these little kids would come up to you and say, why was I born here? Mm, yeah. It's a little bit heartbreaking, isn't it? It's a, it's a terrible question to have to answer. And so we are incredibly fortunate, but are we fortunate because of the enslavery of the world? And is there something that we need to be doing about this or we can be doing about this? Or should we just throw up our hands in horror and say, you know, this problem is too big. Forget it. We can't do anything about it. What's your thoughts, Mon? I don't think... I think we need to do the best we can, but still realize that the best we can might not fix the problem as a whole, um, but at least we can live in good conscience that we've done our part. Yeah, I look at I look at it a little bit like... Uh, and I like to bring out some positive examples of where we've actually done well. Mm. I look at it a bit like smoking. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you go back to 1980, wasn't that long ago. I was alive back then. You weren't. Only just. Um, but, you know, the, the, the number of people who smoked in Australia was 80%. Yeah. That's like just about everybody. And the Australian government has been chipping away at that uh, since 1980 until now they've got it down to 15%, which, uh, or 12%, I think it is. 15% in the Hunter region here. If we decided that we were going to tackle the problem of oppression and slavery in, in uh, developing countries, human beings are smart. Human beings have amazing capabilities. We could make a difference. Absolutely, even, even with corruption, because I do think there are a lot of people who are taking it on. And corruption is getting in the way. Absolutely. But even with that corruption, I think we can. And we shouldn't be letting the corruption stop us from taking these things on. Um, because, yeah, it, it um, you know, I think sometimes we can get discouraged, but we need to keep pressing forward. Yeah, that's the other thing I wanted and to There's say. a lot of things that we do in ignorance. We should do our best and not be discouraged that, ev- that the, you know, the needle might not be moving forward. Just do your best because if you're doing your best before God, like... And the other thing is, let's say that we look at it and say, it's too big a bit of a problem, um, so why should I bother? Mm. And the person behind you, beside you says, well, they're not bothering. And the person on my other side, they're not bothering, so why should I bother? But if you bother, then somebody else might go, you know what? Let's let's get a bit of a let's get a bit of a snowball happening here. Yeah, absolutely. You can be the and change. Let's, let's let's start let's start something that will snowball to uh, rid our world of oppression. And I think it's important to notice that the people who have affected good change in the world, people you know like Nelson Mandela or Mother Teresa, like they're the ones who decide. You know what? We are going to be bothered, and I might just be one, but I can do something. And those are the people who have done amazing changes, and where it has snowballed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if we go to chapter 5, let's go to uh, chapter 5, verse 7 and 8, please, Martin. Chapter 5, verse 7 and 8 says... We didn't get to the end of the book, did we? The nation of Israel is the vineyard of the Lord of heaven's armies. The people of Judah are his pleasant garden. He expected a crop of justice, but instead he found oppression. 
He expected to find righteousness, but instead he heard cries of violence. What sorrow for you who buy up house after house and field after field when everyone is evicted and you live alone in the end in the, in the, in the land. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when you read this passage right here, you can see that God had an intention for Israel that was very different from what they were fulfilling. Mm-hmm. God had given them so much benefit and they had squandered it. And God has done exactly the same for us here in Australia. We are in a land, you know, we talk about the drought and so forth, but really, if we compare our lives and our quality of living, even for those who are doing it the toughest amongst us, we are still a long way ahead of any developing country anywhere in the world. And we can thank God for that. God has given us the opportunity. Let's use that opportunity to create change, to be the change in our world, to bring our world into a better connection with God. This is the Collingsworth family. A Oh
Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown, maybe. Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Sandra McCracken with Send Out Your Light, Psalms 43 here on Faith FM. Last clue for our quiz, last week, a super duper easy. This is a Who Am I quiz. I came down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Mm. Give us a call if you know who that is, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843, or text 0491-064-669. Lyle, it's yes. time for Q of the D. Q of the D, question of the day. This one just arrived from Brian, and what is it? Uh, who has the harder walk with God? The one who has very little or the one who has an abundance? Yeah, it's a really, question. really, really yeah, good really question. Good. The answer to that question is the one who has an abundance. They definitely have the harder walk with God. The Bible says this, um, and this is from Matthew chapter 19 and verse 24. In fact, you find this in three of the Gospels, so that's how important this passage was uh, remembered uh, amongst the disciples. Jesus says, Again, I say unto you, it is easier... For a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So, Mon, my question to, to you is this. Is it possible for a camel to go through the eye of a needle? Uh, no. Okay, so then it's impossible for a rich man to go to heaven. Mm, no. Uh, you can't I mean, you have to no build to, a really you big can't needle. You can't have to... Okay, all right. So if you make, build a big enough needle, then you can get the camel through it, right? Yeah. Okay. And well, here's the, here's, the, here's the simple reality. All of us here in Australia, as we mentioned earlier, are incredibly wealthy and incredibly rich, even if we are at the bottom of society compared to the rest of the world. Therefore, is Jesus saying it is impossible for Australians to go to heaven? No. The Bible is not saying that, but the Bible is saying that it is hard for that to take place. When we were in Jerusalem, of course, we saw many of the city gates in the old uh, uh, wall, the Crusader wall around Jerusalem, and each one of those city gates had the eye of a needle in it. That was a doorway in the main gate that was about the size of a house door, like the front door on your house. The idea being that at night time you close the city gates, but for people who arrived late after the gates were closed, uh, first of all, you didn't have to open the whole big gate and endanger the city by, you know, a small army being hidden in the bushes ready to pounce as soon as the gate opened. 
You could simply open that small gate. Somebody could come through and they could find safety for the evening. And that little uh, door there, it was explained to us by our tour guide that that was what was called the eye of the needle. And so the way, if a, if a, if a traveller turned up late, and let's say that they are a trader, um, they have a transport company, and their primary means of transport is via camels, and they don't want to leave their camels outside of the gate. They want to bring their camels inside the gate for safety, but the gatekeeper won't open the city gate because he wants to keep the city safe. Then they have to get those camels through the eye of the needle. And to do so, you have to do two things to the camel. The first thing that you've got to do to the camel is unload him. In other words, you have to take all of his stuff off. And the second thing you have to do to the camel is to get him down on his knees and then you shuffle him through the eye of the needle on his knees. Uh, That was the method of getting a camel through the eye of a needle. Okay, so if we use that as a symbol of what Jesus is talking about here, then what you have is this. A rich man, if you want to get him to heaven, you first have to unload him. The second thing you have to do is to get him on his knees. Um, And that's how we get a rich man into heaven. Another passage that goes along well with this, of course, uh, is one that you will find in, where is it? 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. It says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And Peter outlines that chasing money will never, ever make you happy. And so while we live in a wealthy country, while we have money in this country, if we chase that money, it is the root of all evil. The love of it is the root of all evil. We shouldn't be loving our money. We should be generous with our money. We should help people out who are in need. We should provide for their, uh, for their challenges and for their difficulties. And as a result of that, we need to, um, we, we can save ourselves, the Bible says, from being pierced through with many sorrows. So there's the answer to the question. We have a challenge here in Australia. Let's rise to the challenge and let's get ourselves through the eye of the needle. If you have a question, give us a call here. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can also text or even email your questions. Just head to our website. It's faithfm.com.au. You'll find the contact page there. Email through your questions. We don't mind short ones. We don't mind long ones. We don't mind medium ones. Uh, of course, you can ask uh, through all our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram. Just send your questions in. We'll answer them for you. Good teacher, will you tell me What must I do for eternal life? I've kept your laws completely Sell all you have, give to the poor Then heaven's treasure shall be yours How hard for those who are rich on earth To gain the wealth of heaven Teach me, Lord, to walk this road, the road of simple living. 
Keith and Kristen Getty uh, and Ricky Skaggs, Skaggs, uh, Simple Living, uh, a rich young man here on Faith FM. All right, what have we got for uh, a giveaway? Okay, I have to explain my clue. Oh, come on, Lyle. It was cryptic. Yeah, it was. Okay, so in Isaiah chapter 7, the Bible talks about a virgin shall give birth. That's actually, it's a prophecy about Jesus Christ and a reference to Isaiah's wife who gave birth to Malal, Mahershalal Hashbad, Baj and Shir Jashab, who are a type of Jesus Christ. And, of course, when you come to the New Testament, the Bible says a virgin shall give birth, or the angel says a virgin shall give birth, but this time, because the word virgin simply means a young lady, she says, the, the angel says a virgin that has not ever been with a man. So that's a different category of virgin. That's actually what we would classify in modern English as a virgin. 
Has just someone, in case anyone was wondering. <coughs> has someone answered the quiz? No, no, not that I've heard of. So you're just giving it away? Yeah, absolutely. You? It's yeah. the end of the show. I'm giving it away. It's too, it's too late. It's over. It's done. They could well and truly have answered nah. like in the next 10 I minutes. Just, I just wanted to give it away. Well, you just wanted everyone to know how smart you were. And you spoiled the quiz to do that. Yeah. I think we need to all realise that's what's happening here. Yeah. Anyway, while Lyle has some self-reflection was, on his own character, <laughs> uh, it is time to actually tell you what we are giving away for free. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. First person through is going to get a copy of Steps to Christ. We've been talking about how to come to Jesus as a rich man, as a poor man, as any person, and uh, and how that process works, and, uh, you know, and whether or not Jesus will hear our prayers and what kind of God he is. And, and this book will actually answer all of that. Uh, this book goes into detail about it. Uh, it's a beautiful book, one of my favorite ones. I make a point to reread this book every single year. Uh, the first two weeks of January, I read this book one chapter a day. It's only 13 chapters long. Uh, Steps to Christ by E.G. White, How to Know Him Better. Give us a call. It's totally for free. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. Don't forget, if you'd like to know more about the Bible, we want to help you out with that. We know people who know people who can help you. And so if you'd like to have somebody come and study the Bible in your home, just give us a call and we can make that happen. Redeemer is too 